I'm Simone Paget, and welcome to We're Never Doing This Again, a podcast about sex, dating, and all of those weird and wonderful messy experiences that we have no desire to repeat. So I am so excited for today's guest. I have um, Valerie Clark. She's a historian, a writer, and the host of Unruly Figures. Welcome to the show, Valerie. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. This is so exciting. (laughs) This is our second time recording this, so I'm hoping we can capture some of the magic from the last time, but if not, that's, that's cool too. One of the reasons I want to have you on the show is because last time we hung out in LA, you told me this really crazy story about a guy I think you went on a date with who like lived above a fridge or something. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That happened. Uh, (laughs) I, I, in April of 2019, I decided that I was going to do 30 dates in 30 days, um, which is a truly... A ridiculous and horrible plan that I don't recommend to anybody ever. <laughs> and he was he was one of those dates that I went on that April. It was uh it was it was wolf. Yeah, that's the only good word for it. He yeah, he lived in old Pasadena, which I was like surprised by because he was really young and old Pasadena is a very like kind of moneyed area. Um so mm-hmm. we decided we were gonna like go on this date in North Hollywood um at this bar. And I get there and just the red flags just start abounding. Um, Among them being that he lived in a door or um, like a loft above a kitchen that like didn't (laughs) have a, uh, it didn't have a door. Like it was not meant to be a bedroom. It was like a storage area. Uh, He like lived there above the kitchen, which was wow. With like two roommates who he hated. So I was like, this is not a good start. Um, But then he was telling me that his twin sister had recently gotten married and that he was really worried about the couple because um, they had like really different political beliefs. And I was like, Oh yeah, that, I mean, I can see how that would be a problem. You know, this is 2019, like having someone who voted for Hillary and someone who voted for Trump in the same relationship, I think was rough for a lot of people. And he then turned to me and he said, you know, I just, I think the best way that we can unite Americans again is to have a common enemy. And I kind of thought he was like joking because like every pol- like every government has tried to do this at some point yeah. or another like this is not it's not a revelation. So it was kind of like oh yeah haha and he was like yeah and I think that the way to unite Americans is to reveal the lizard people. And I I uh- thought he was joking Simone, so I started <laughs> laughing and then he looked at me very seriously he's like no I mean it we should reveal the lizard people and then Americans will have a common enemy to fight and we will be united as a country again. And then he just went on this like spiel about the lizard people. And I like, I didn't know anything <laughs> about QAnon. I did not like, this is not a part of Reddit I had explored yet. Yeah. This is the first time I heard about lizard people. And I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking? It was terrifying. Yeah. I feel like there's like, that's one of those stories like red flags upon red flags. <laughs> Like, yeah, I, going forward, like, we should make a no policy or policy for, like, not dating, yeah, lizard believers or people who live in crawl spaces. (laughs) Yeah, that's also, those are both good policies, I think. Uh, You have to have a door on your bedroom to date me. Um, (laughs) I don't think that's too much to ask. (laughs) No. I've never dated anyone who lived in, like, that kind of setup. I've dated a lot. I've realized, like, I was thinking about this. 
and getting ready to record. And I've dated a lot of guys who lived in normal apartments that were just terrible. Like just... Like the people were terrible or the apartment were terrible? No, like the apartment was like more or less normal, but the way that they like maintained it was just super weird or like gross. So... Oh, Simone, yeah. I went on a date with the dirtiest man. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a hot way. A couple of weeks. This was maybe like a month ago. Like I finally, like maybe like two months ago, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get back on the date. Yeah. And I went on a, a date with this guy. We ended up back at his place and his place was so dirty. Like it smelled bad. There was like, it was a studio apartment. So like you could see his bed, which was not made. That had yeah. like a stain from where he and his dog slept every night, like on oh! these like, gray linen sheets. And I was like, I have to go. Like I was like, I, <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I was like, oh, look at the time. It's eight p.m. I gotta leave. Like I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, like I, I went on a date. Like this was probably about seven years ago, and normalish guy, like really good job. You know, nice. Apart, like totally like normal apartment building like it had doors <laughs> god <laughs> and he's like before we went upstairs he's like i just have to warn you like my apartment's really dirty and i'm like okay like we'd had a few this is like back when i was like still drinking fair like not heavily but like you know enjoying the sauce and part of the reason why i don't do that anymore is because i realize i make questionable dating decisions but yeah so we go up to his apartment and i'm like yeah it's fine he's like it's just really messy i'm like whatever and yeah like it didn't look so bad at first but then like he's like this is the bedroom and there was like a mattress on the floor this is is a man who's probably making like in i'd say like the high five figures and he's not like a like a 21 or 22 year old i'm assuming no, like anywhere between like the high five figures to like six figure income. So like really like really good job, really smart. And yeah, there's like a mattress on the floor. There's like a hallmark of like this is like these these kinds of sheets like haunt my nightmares. It's like the the standard issue like college guy navy blue sheets. Oh yeah, they all get handed one at registration. Yeah, there's like stains, you know. And and then, like, to that's the bed. It's, of course, like, not made. Then I look to, like, the right, and there's just, like, a mound of clothes on the floor. Like, it was, it looked like, like, the garbage pile in Fraggle Rock. And, like, I almost expected it to, like, start talking to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was just, like, a mound. I'm, like, and the closet doors were, like, flung open. All of the hangers were empty and, like... I was like, so you've literally used up all your clothes and now they're here? Like, it was just bad. And then like, I turned, looked around the other side of the bed and there was like a plate and like crumbs. No, then, you're lying. There was not no. a plate. Oh. We're in our 30s. Like, this is like mid to late 30s. He's like, I do everything in here. Like, eat, sleep, watch TV. <laughs> and there was, I was like, you have a dirty dish like next to your floor bed you just know that there are cockroaches hiding under well i guess there is no space under the bed though so there's no under the the bed and then he told me this story about like how he had like sometimes he just put the snacks directly on the floor like not even on the plate and just eat them like like nuts and stuff like peanuts and i'm like yeah they're my floor nuts (laughs) 
I feel like he watched New Girl, saw that episode where Jess has like her bedside nuts, but at least she kept yeah. it in, like a bag in a drawer. But like, it was like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. What? My floor yeah. nuts. I can't. That's an insane he, statement. He was like, had the job of, if we're going to like New Girl analogies, like the job sort of of Schmidt, but with like the house habits of Nick. It was that's such a horrifying. weird contrast. Like, that's horrifying. How? How? Yeah, I mean, like the guy, the guy I went on a date with with a stain on his bed. Like he also like has a good job. Like he works in the film industry. Like mm-hmm. he is very successful. And I was sitting here being like, but what? And like, and he's he's also like good looking and like seemed very yeah. put together when we went on this date. And then I was like, yeah. I, I got to his phone. I was like, have you? Do you not know that you're supposed to wash sheets? Like, do we need to do a PSA right now? Like, man, you're supposed to wash your sheets. You should probably yeah. have two sets. I've just... Uh... Yeah, it's scary. I read somewhere that, like, the average American doesn't wash their sheets. Like, they wash them, like, every three, four, four weeks or something. What? Three to like, four weeks? Like, taking a shower every night before bed. I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. I, like, have to wash mine every week because... And I don't even have any company in my bed, like, lately. It's just me in my comfy bed. Because they feel, after a week, they start to feel stale. Like, they feel, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm not yeah, trying to I judge people, I, but, like. I sometimes change my sheets twice a week. Like, I'm just, yeah. like, I just I just want fresh sheets. Yeah, it just feels nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I don't understand the whole floor on the bed thing. Because that's, like, not an isolated incident. It's, like. Yeah, I've dated a lot of men not a lot, but like I've dated mm-hmm. several men in the past I've gone on dates with who didn't have bed frames. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, like maybe I could get it. Like if you just moved and you spent and like, you know, like my friend and I were talking yesterday and it's like to move to an apartment in LA when you first get here, like you do first month's rent, last month's rent and like, you know, like a deposit, which is usually yeah. rent. like, I can understand if you wiped out your savings and you can't afford furniture, but like, when you're in your 30s and you have a good job and, like, you've been living in a place for a while, like, how was a bed frame not one of the first things you bought? Like, they're not that expensive. Like, like there's a yeah. there's a $300 one on Amazon that I've got an eye on. Like, <laughs> Well, do they – this is a question, though. Is it, like, do they have a box spring on, like, the metal bed frame, like, with wheels? Like, the standard issue? Or do they have – I've been in apartments where it's just a mattress on the floor. And I'm like, you don't even have a box spring? Like, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah, see, that's, like, weird to me. Like, I feel like once you're out of your 20s, unless you've, like, recently moved or your frame is on order, like, I don't think right. that's unreasonable to want someone to have a bed frame. No, I think that there are definitely times when it makes it makes sense, but it shouldn't be the norm in your life, I think, is really kind of what we're both trying to say, maybe. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about you mentioned something about not drinking anymore and I also I um we recorded in April and then I stopped yeah. drinking and it's changed the way I date and I'm curious if you found that like sobriety has changed dating for you. Well, I'm not I I wouldn't say I'm sober. I still drink occasionally, but I'm I drink far less than I did like even 5 6 years ago. Um I'll maybe have like I don't know two drinks a month like it's pretty oh wow okay yeah it's pretty boring but in a good way yeah I definitely it's changed it like I when I was dating a lot in my 30s 
because I was I was in a relationship, a serious relationship till I was like 31 and then I was single. But yeah, I was drinking a lot like when I was out, you know, online dating and now like seeing some of the choices I made, like I can't help but attribute a lot of that to like being you know, having like three or four glasses of wine, like after three or four glasses of wine, like someone starts to seem someone who's terrible actually seems pretty okay. Yeah. <laughs> or not terrible, but like mediocre. Like it really, it, alcohol it is, changes. It changes yeah. your perspective and your like perception of people, I think for sure. Like, yeah, I attribute every dating mistake I made throughout my 20s 100% to alcohol because I'm just like, I, these are people I would have never gone out with sober. Like they're people like choices I never would have made if I hadn't had, you know, four or five drinks before making them. Like, yeah. Like I also, like there was also a period where I was like, not just drinking, but also doing other substances. So Mm -hmm. uh, that is when things get really weird. But I always tell people like I had an, an ex who's now a friend. Um, He's like, how did you ever go out with like so-and-so it's this guy who has, He's like well known in our town as having, or sort of the town social scene as like being kind of a douchebag, I guess. Oh no! Um, and I was like, well, I was like, I was like literally on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I did it. I was literally on drugs. The entire I was time. literally on drugs, and yeah. So now I can laugh about, it, but like, yeah, I've held a lot of shame too because like about how how much I consumed and the kinds of choices I did or made while I consumed. And now I'm just like, I don't like waking up hungover. Like, that's just not something. Mm-hmm. And most of my friends, like, don't really drink a lot. Like, one of my closest friends here is going through some, like, big health challenges. So he doesn't really drink. We'll go out with friends and we'll have maybe a cocktail or something. But it's very, very different from, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. Or even like some of the people I know who still like it's like that sort of wine culture of mm-hmm. drinking like a whole bottle of wine, like with a friend. Like I I'm really glad that like luckily like my friend group doesn't support that. Not because they're like against it, but they just don't do it. So like if they're not really doing it, I'm not really tempted. Yeah, like you're not to gonna it. drink a whole bottle of wine by yourself, like in, in no. Front of them, yeah. no, and I don't really I don't really drink by myself anymore either. It's just it makes me feel tired. I'm more likely to pop like some CBD <laughs> or like microdose, like an an edible that's on the very like relaxing end of things yeah. versus like, I just don't, yeah, it's just something I don't do anymore. And when I look back on like the times when I was drinking alone a lot, like even when we recorded this the first time, I think I had a drink and I realized I just, I don't need it. Mm-hmm. it, it doesn't. I don't I I don't need it to feel comfortable. Yeah, I I definitely mm-hmm. throughout my 20s I like I thought I needed alcohol to feel comfortable and like to be fun or like whatever. Yeah. Um, and then finally in in May of this year I was just like I can't keep doing this to myself anymore. You know, it just became like this mm-hmm. um Yeah, it, it it's changed the way um like I look back on um like my 20s and and now it's changing the way I date today. It's I don't know. It's interesting, but I'm finding it also kind of a weird challenge because I think happy hour is such like it's weirdly like it's not LA is not a big drinking culture. Not the way that like DC. I lived in DC yeah. as well for years, and DC has like a huge drinking culture. Mm-hmm. LA is not like that, 
But happy hour is sort of like a default first date when you meet yeah. like, an app especially. And so I'm, I've kind of been a challenge figuring out how to go on first dates with people and like do that without alcohol. Um, but it's been good. Like I, I'm feeling like I'm getting to the person, like I've been dating someone now for a few weeks and like, I feel like I know him mm-hmm. so much better than I would have had we been drinking while we were getting to know one another, if that makes sense. Okay. I was going to ask, like, do you feel like you're making better choices or getting a clearer read on I do. I feel like I'm getting a much more clear read on people um, because, like, alcohol isn't, like, kind of, you know, softening the edges of people. Like, um, Mm. like I I think about the the lizard guy a lot, which is what I call him in my head. Poor poor boy. Um, (laughs) Sorry, buddy. Um, I think about like, I'm like, I'm so glad that he said that to me early in the date when I'd only had a single drink, because I I really think had I had like three or four before he said, I think we should reveal the lizard people. I think I would have just been like, oh, haha, what a funny conspiracy theory. Like, this is so hilarious. I think I wouldn't have realized how insane that is. And now when red flags come up, I can be like, oh, okay. And like, it doesn't matter when, like, if it's, you know, five hours in, I can be like, oh, never mind. Goodbye. Like, um. (laughs) Which I think was not a choice I could make as easily with alcohol, like in my system. So, yeah, yeah. It is, it's it's I'm seeing people more clearly, and then also like I'm not because I'm less anxious. I'm not like anxiety spiraling about where is this going? Like, did I say the right yeah. thing? You know, like, am I do I look cute enough? Like, whatever, like whatever would be on whatever normal anxieties I would have been having five years ago are not the case anymore. That's amazing. Yeah, I haven't really tested the sort of uh, sober alcohol-reduced dating yet, but I find I am having a better time with less booze. Yeah. Like, I really like waking up and not feeling fuzzy. Like, that's my goal is, like, I don't want to feel fuzzy. And, you know, my weekends especially, like, it's my time to relax and I don't want to feel sick. Yeah. I know. Toward the end, my hangovers were bad. Like, I remember I had a hangover in, like, April, maybe, that lasted, like, three full days. I was like, forget it. Like, this is intolerable. I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's not. It just, it stops being fun. So, yeah. I don't know. I I can't. It's a real testament to what aging does to you that, like, when I was in my, you know, when I was, like, 19, 20, 21, I could just drink, like, crazy. And then, like, pop back up the next morning and go to class and now I'm just yeah. like, if I have like like before I got sober like if I had two glasses of wine I was like I'm down for the count for the next day like yeah like I when I was like 19 20 21 I could have like 10 drinks and then go to work the next day I wasn't feeling awesome but I was like like powering through and that's yeah. like entirely too many drinks. <laughs> no, that would be that would be a hospital trip for me today. Like I couldn't. Oh, yeah, do me that. too. Yeah. When I, I was in college, we we instead of beer pong, we played shot pong, where like each cup, oh my god, had shots of liquor in them instead of beer, and like yeah, we would all be wasted by the end of the night because of course, how could you not be? And um, yeah, and I would just get up the next day and just do life as normal and I think I didn't realize how bad I felt because I was doing it every single night yeah yeah I was gonna say too like um this is like getting a bit more personal but like I find so many of like my like sex decisions were also influenced by alcohol 
and or other substances. Because when I look back, even like on the people I dated in my 30s, like some of the people I've already discussed on this podcast, um, <laughs> alcohol definitely played into like why I see thought it was okay. Like I was able to sort of look past the red flags and, you know, a few glasses of wine and you see that little twinkle in the eye and you're like, yeah, sure. Like mm-hmm. this person's like not, you know, there's some definite <laughs> concerns, but still like it was kind of like, it let my like libido kind of take charge. And now kinds like now I'm like, I feel so much more protective about my body. So I just don't end up in those situations mm-hmm. because I'm like clear headed. I'm like, yeah, no. Like if there's just like the slightest thing off, I'm like, yeah, I, I, no, thanks. I'm yeah. good. And I think that's so much like safer and smarter. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah. I, um, I was talking with a friend recently that like one of the the big anxieties I had, like, so I, you know, I got sober and I decided I wasn't going to date for the first, like, maybe like six, it was about six months of my sobriety. Yeah. Like, I just, it felt too fragile at the time. And I was like getting over something and, you know, whatever. And um, yeah, I, I just realized like recently I was like, I, I kind of like all of a sudden had a panic attack and like went to like a couple of my friends and like went to my therapist and was like, I haven't had sex soberly since I was like 20 and I like freaked out and I was like, Oh my God. Like, and like, you know, like I, I don't remember if we talked about this the first time we tried to record this, but I'm, I'm happy to mm-hmm. talk about it now. But like, I, you know, experienced like some sexual violence, like in my teens. And yeah. when I was like 20 was when I really kind of finally started actually dealing with it. And it got to a point for a long time where I couldn't have sex if I was sober because it would give me a panic attack. And when I started dating again, after like six months of sobriety, I was kind of like, oh my God, like, wait, is the, are those panic attacks going to come back? Like, how is this going to work? And it's just kind of been like a brand. It's, it's funny. Sex almost like feels new again. Like, I'm like, oh, this is, what? (laughs) um, but it's like, yeah, like it took like some negotiating and like some finding like the right people who could be okay with it. Because like, the first time I told someone that that was kind of my reality and like kind of what I was dealing with, um, he was kind of like, okay, peace, bye. Like, he was like, I don't even want to deal with this. And I was oh, like, Jesus. okay, like, if you can't be compassionate to that, I'm really glad I didn't sleep with you because like, yeah, like you aren't, you weren't going to care about how I felt during sex anyway. So really glad I, we yeah. there. I don't know. It's, it's not true anymore. I've now had sex soberly, you know, since then, but I was like, I think, uh, I think I'm going to, if I, if this guy, if we end up, you know, like not seeing each other anymore and I move on and start dating. I think I'm going to lie and just keep saying, Oh, I've never had sex over and just see how they handle it because, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a like good litmus test. I know like, like my own sort of history with partying is linked as well to like, like sexual violence in my late teens and just sort of self-medicating. You know, I've had, yeah, had sex in like all different states i didn't need the alcohol to have the sex but i liked having like the alcohol and like the the other drugs to it was just sort of like a escape yeah but in my 30s like i realized that i'd healed a lot of those issues but i was still drinking yeah and then i was making like really kind of like just choices where i was like yeah i just don't feel good about that the next day I try not to like blame myself too much because it was also just like sexual exploration, which was is also really important. But like, 
yeah, now I'm like, I don't have this. I don't have sex as much, but I'm also not doing it with people where I'm like, oh, like <laughs> there's yeah. like enough that I'm like, I don't even want. I was like, I I want to erase these like people off my my rap sheet because I'm just like that that wasn't worth it like that wasn't a good choice like yeah like I regret this immediately yeah that definitely happened a lot in my 20s like definitely Mm -hmm. like this process of like of trying to heal and self-medicating and like kind of living in these societies where I think even though we've kind of I think come around on uh like on sexual violence being a problem and being Mm -hmm. bad and uh you know like the whole me too movement i think has kind of revealed how often sexual violence happens in the workplace and like Mm -hmm. you know just kind of like i think we're doing a lot better than we used to be but i think we also and i mean maybe in canada this is different but i think american culture is really bad at understanding healing and how long it takes and what goes into it and like how to heal from yeah anything Um, And so I think there wasn't for me, and maybe this was true for you too, like there was really no, no, like, I mean, not even a path. There just like, there was no guidance, no suggested idea of how to go about healing from sexual violence. And so it was a lot of just like, for me, stumbling through the dark and like using alcohol to numb the pain and jumping into these like relationships that I was like, trying to heal something that was very broken inside of me and hoping that I would Mm -hmm. find it in like in this exterior person and it obviously didn't work yeah and I think the the last not the last stage maybe but like a big part of healing has been finally being like okay like I can't mix alcohol and sex and relationships anymore like it's just not yeah healthy for me at least not right now like I you know I wouldn't call myself an alcoholic maybe someday I'll start drinking again but like right now I was just like I just can't this just can't be like, I can't have both of these things as a part of my life right now. Yeah, no, I totally feel that. Like for me, it's more like, it's more like, yeah, I don't want a bunch of random people's energy and mixing with my energy. Yeah, fair. So people are like, oh, you never, you don't date right now. Like you're not out. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm also like not having regrettable experiences. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm not coming home. Like, yeah, I don't come home and be like, you're never going to believe what fucking happened. Like, that doesn't happen anymore. It's really nice. Yeah, the the crazy the crazy meter has, like, gone, like, way down. Yeah, I'm not dating people who don't have bed frames or you walk into their bathroom, their toilet paper is green because, what? like, their toilet paper has gone moldy. Stop. Because is that, does same, that even happen? This This is the same person. Yeah, I went to use the bathroom and there was like the toilet paper had actually gone moldy because he'd been using it as like a hand towel. So it, <laughs> I don't know how it cool, though. Like it would fall. Oh god. Okay. I don't know how this happens. But it was unsettling. I I didn't know that was possible. That's horrible. Me neither. Yeah, and then, then his to- his his towels were all like stained with like dark marks, and I was like, "What is up with your towels?" And he's like, "Oh, well, like he read the newspaper a lot, and then like the newspaper ink was like rubbing off on the towels, and then like the floor of the bathroom there was like beard trimmings everywhere." 
it looked like a Wookiee had just like gotten sheared. Like it was, it was, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm not like out there, like having the sort of like sex in the city type lifestyle that, yeah, that maybe I should be at this age while like, you know, but also like, I'm not, you know, having, seeing that kind of stuff that will like, at least I'm not having interactions that I will later have nightmares about anymore. That's, I'll (laughs) take that. That's a trade-off I'll take. That's the goal. (laughs) Oh man, speaking of goals, uh, it's, I don't know if this is coming out in 2022 or 2023, but do you have dating goals for, for the new year? Is that a thing that you do? Still trying to figure out how to do this. I've picked like a word for the year. Mm. I've decided on Renaissance after the Beyonce album that I can't stop listening to. Correct. And because like I'm kind of re-amping like my professional career, like with this podcast, I just launched a newsletter that you can subscribe to. It's like a Substack. That launched yesterday. And um, I'll drop the details in the show notes so people can find it. But yeah, I want to get back out there, but I want to do it differently than I have before. And I just haven't figured out what that's going to look like. Mm. I've got the professional end of things worked out, but the personal part, like there definitely needs to be some, I need to do something different. For me, it might require like a change of location. Whoa. yeah. So just, yeah, a renaissance, like a rebirth, a new, like starting from scratch, I guess. That's but with cool. like the knowledge of like everything I've learned from dating these like lizard people types. So <laughs> lizard people with the beard trimmings <laughs> on the floor. Um, yeah. I think that's great. I, uh, I, speaking of new locations, I like heard, do you listen to that, that podcast armchair expert? No, but I've heard of it. So it's it's great. They did like a little sub podcast within a podcast where two of the two of them like were trying to date people called um oh no now I'm gonna of course I'm gonna forget the name of it. It's like Jess and Monica want boyfriends or something is the name mm-hmm. of the podcast. I, like a podcast within a podcast. But um but it was like this ten episode like series of like trying to date and like you know in LA and like figure it out. And in one of them they brought in I believe her her like brand is the millionaire matchmaker and oh yeah talked about how um in big cities it's it's kind of harder to date because there's just like this kind of there's this idea that like you could always meet someone new tomorrow and like you know that sort of thing and so she was talking about how like in big smitties big smitties in big cities <laughs> really small towns like it's really hard to date because uh the the pool is either too small or too big and so she was recommending that people actually like if they have the money go like spend time in mid-sized cities like Nashville or you know mm. Toronto actually Toronto is a huge city what am I talking about um but like in mid-sized cities where you can meet someone and then import them to your to your like big yeah. town your, your big city or your small town and I was like and I was like that's a I was like who wants to split an apartment in Nashville with me is really what I think I'm oh asking God. here actually so this is what when you said the millionaire matchmaker Mm. patty stanger i think that's her name but she okay so she actually came to my town in victoria bc which is sort of a mid-size i wouldn't say it's a mid-size city it's like two to three hundred thousand people so it's not like not as big as nashville but it's not really smaller than like vancouver 
Yeah, like Vancouver, I think, is like one or like two million now with all the surrounding areas. But yeah, so she actually came here about 10 years ago to do or maybe like 2013. It was when I first started writing my column for The Sun and she came for a conference and she gave this speech, which was recorded and then like broadcast on news and stuff that she'd never seen a worse selection of men. (laughs) She's like, what is with the men here? They're all like they're all dressed horribly in like hoodies and like flip flops with socks and like sand, you know, just she, she went through this like she was very focused on like the fact that they cannot wear proper clothes. They could just wear hoodies. Was that and, very boring for you? Did that make you feel better? Yeah, it was hilarious. And then she actually suggests so someone from the audience was like, Well, we have to date here. Like, what is your suggestion? Like, how are we supposed to overcome this? And she actually said, um, because we can get to Seattle, we can actually take a boat harbor to harbor. It's about two and a half, three hours on the boat. She's like, you should split an apartment in Seattle. So this is advice she gives a lot. I love it. Apparently, yeah. Between like a couple different women and like use it each take turns on different weekends and go down there and meet men there. Yeah. And it's actually like it sounds absurd, but it there is some truth to it because like when I'm on apps, I'm flipping through every like, and I have my settings to like both men and women. Mm-hmm. The best people are always in Seattle. I believe it. I totally believe like, that. Well, and then you know they want to move to Canada for that socialized Medicare too. So like you could <laughs> import them easily. It's getting people from Canada to LA I'm going to have trouble with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you meet people with like, really like you know interesting jobs like super smart um good looking i'm like what it like what's happening there i guess because they have like a lot of really big companies like amazon and microsoft and like a bunch of tech stuff so you have like high quality folks like moving there yeah but like, yeah a lot of smarties are moving there and yeah. for a long time it was also like relatively affordable i think it's expensive now but yeah uh, so there's also that too yeah, like it's I think it's quite expensive now, like on par with like Vancouver or worse. But yeah, they're not taken. They just live in Seattle. That's my saying. Listen, that I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a I don't think that's a bad idea at all. I think you maybe you could just try going down to Seattle for like a week or two and just seeing seeing who you meet. You never know. Yeah, like it's like a sharp contrast. Like, yeah, that's so funny. I wonder that's so funny that she was visiting and was just like, what is happening here? <laughs> so it's, it's not just me. I, I joke, I call it because we're like located on an island. I call it the island of misfit toys. It gets worse the older you get, too, because like people get snatched up mm-hmm. and or die. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, it like, happens. Like, I mean, men have like a men die in their 20s and 30s at a higher rate than women do because they're just really like, hunting. Yeah. It's like oh, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, I don't remember where I learned this, but it's like something about men are more stereotypically like reckless, quote unquote, like in their teens, twenties, and thirties. So they die. That I think that's why like a man's life expectancy is like a little like on average a little bit shorter. Is because they it's because they're they're more reckless than than women are, and so they die more often (laughs) before forty. Like I mean, but they're dying in like hunting accidents or like driving too fast so you know like whatever um whereas women then like of die of like natural causes or 
being murdered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are our I'm, options. Great. I'm laughing, but I shouldn't be. I know. Um, I know. I should. I'm laughing because <laughs> otherwise I'll cry. It's like, it's really yeah, no, I've been saying that a lot lately. Like, I'm laughing about it or else I'll cry. So uh, maybe the answer is to import a mate. I, I know I have to, especially like at least in LA, people kind of keep importing themselves. So I can just, you know, I mean, like I've been seeing someone for a few weeks now, so I'm not real active on the dating apps at the moment, but should that fall apart, um, there will be a whole new crop of people on the dating app yeah. by the time I get back on them. Yeah, no, I was just thinking that like you guys, you have like a refreshing, like a refreshing cycle probably like coincides with like pilot season or something like yes yeah la really quiets down between like thanksgiving and new year's which is nice like the traffic there's no traffic right now which is is very rare and i hesitate to say that i'm almost i'm I'm tempted to ask you to cut it out because i don't want people to know don't come here (laughs) alone (laughs) let us have our nice traffic time um that's like for me like october is like now one of my new favorite months because all the tourists have left yeah it's still warm yeah yeah it's perfect like that's october is sort of like that here but like everyone's still here like that lives here is still here but yeah like i think people go home for thanksgiving like back to their hometowns and then they just don't come back until january um yeah and so yeah if 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 this guy and i if we don't work out uh i'll get back on the apps in january and there'll be a whole new group of people uh for me to (laughs) one of my friends who like is a guy who only dates men he says like grinder is really good in our town the only time it's good really is like in september when the new influx of students come in oh interesting yeah and teachers and stuff and then he's like yeah but there's also and i was talking about this in like the last episode he's like there's a few guys that have been on there like for 10 years like every time you're like honey this isn't working for you like and it's either like it's either he's already like hooked up with all of them or some of them or they're people like he wouldn't hook up with so yeah (laughs) yeah i uh i was before i met the guy i'm I'm kind of seeing right now Mm -hmm. i was going through hinge and it like hinge suggests like a most compatible for you every day and the person who suggested maybe like a month or two ago i looked at them and i was like and I'm like, I'm like, that person looks familiar. And then I was like, oh, Hinge suggested us as very compatible together three or four years ago. We went on a date. We were not, in fact, compatible <laughs> at all. And we never spoke again. And like, clearly we unmatched at some point. And I was like, I'm just, I'm not even going to try it again. Like, I'm just going to, no, just pass. No, thank you. It was bad. Yeah. No, I've had that happen too with like people I've already dated. Like there's this one guy um, that I got set up on a date with. Um, from my friend or my friend set me up she is married and she's very good at the setups like she mm-hmm. kind of will you know casually invite the person over and usually like they're quite you know on the surface like, i'm like yeah this this is a decent decent potential mm-hmm. so we went on a date this must have been like well, i say like 2017 or something and it was fine but there was just some things that like I don't know. It took him like a really long time to make a menu choice, <laughs> which should have, <laughs> which shouldn't have. Like, I, this sounds like you're probably thinking, like, Simone, like, that's really picky. But, like, I ordered a drink and then I was like, well, I'll have 
because he he wanted to go to this like beer um like brew pub but i don't drink beer so there was lit they only serve beer and like one cider so there's like literally like only like one thing i could get so i was like i will have the cider he's like oh yeah i don't know so it took him a really long time to choose a beer and then he he finally chose a beer and then he got the beer and we we drank it i had my cider and then the waiter came back and he's like hey can i get do you guys want another one he's like okay let me decide and it was like 10 minutes he's like he's like you're gonna have to come back i'm like i will have the same thing (laughs) the one thing on the menu you're like laughing (laughs) human drinks at this point like you're just like i've already had four how are you on your first beer still oh because it didn't yeah choose oh yeah it's not like super like red flag behavior but i told him like i'm gonna go to the restroom and when i come back we can order like gentle right (laughs) yeah so i come back and he still isn't decided he's like i don't know how big was this menu i mean was this hundreds of beers to choose from no it was like I mean, I guess they have like a fair amount, like a normal amount for a place that primar- primarily serves beer. Like I've been to like faux restaurants that have like a binder and I was still able to make a choice. <laughs> a choice. It was just very strange. Yeah. That's so funny. I, I, I'm always really curious about when people get like really indecisive because I'm like, what part of it is it that's tripping you up? Because like I like I I mean like I'm not immune mm. to being indecisive occasionally, but especially like if I know someone's waiting on me, I'm like, just choose something so that like yeah. I can get back to the date and like to what's actually important here. Yeah, um, yeah. It was very strange, and I guess like the the reason I'm mentioning this story is because he um pops up like periodically, like every time I'm online. I get matched with him or like swipe across his profile and like we periodically like bump into each other around town and stuff. But yeah, the thing is though, like he actually like ended up meeting someone a few nights later Hmm. who was like, apparently, I don't know, like younger and hotter and whatever. (laughs) And, you know, had a relationship with her. So, but then like that didn't last. So I just still see him. He's like one of these like people who like pops up around town. I'm like, should I go there? Like, can I try this again? Yeah. And I'm like, is this the universe like telling me that like we really should give it a shot? And then the last time I bumped into him, he was actually like at the bar on my street or standing outside. And I was like, oh, is this the universe like once again nudging me? But he plays in like eight bands or something, which for oh, me. Wow. For me, is already like a red flag because I'm like, you, no, you do not have time for a relationship if you play in like eight different garage bands. So yeah, how yeah, no, and he how, like how gave me he like gave me a pin from his band. I'm like, uh, yeah, no, no, can't do this. We're, we're too old for this. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, nope. It's not the universe. Like, anything. <laughs> it's just I live in a smaller place. Yeah. Just yeah, small town ish life. Yeah. Oh gosh, I don't know. I yeah, there was this guy that I I never run into people in LA. Like it's you know yeah not. I don't know that if that happens to anybody in LA. Maybe if you've lived here your whole life and you know and stay in the same neighborhood for a long time. But I literally, it's nice. I never am in public and run into people. Um, but 
I went on this like not great date maybe like a month or two ago and um and then I ran into him a couple days later, like at the grocery store. And I was like at a grocery <laughs> store that was like not in my normal neighborhood. And I literally just like, I saw him and I was like, absolutely not. And I like turned and like ran the other direction. I was like, I'm not doing this again. He, so he was just like standing around like Ralph's or whatever. Like, yeah, he was like inside the Trader Joe's, like with his like family dog, like, uh, like looking at the frozen food section. And I was like, I don't need anything at Trader Joe's bad enough to have this conversation with this <laughs> I was like, nothing here is worth it. I gotta go. <laughs> that was like, he was, um, it was so funny. He was a neurosurgeon. He was like very into the fact that he's a neurosurgeon and that his sister's a doctor and that his parents are doctors. And I was like, all you're telling me is that your family had money to send you to medical school, which like, congratulations on being rich. But like, I don't, I don't care that you're a neurosurgeon. It means nothing to me. And then like 20 minutes into this date, we were at like a coffee shop and he just asked me, he was like, so why are you single? And like, not in a cute, like, you're so great. How are you single way? But in a like, yeah. what's wrong with you kind of way. And the, the there was this couple sitting at the next table and they turned and like, they were like all lovey-dovey, <laughs> all like all over each other. And they heard him ask this and they turned and they just stared at us. Like they just went silent. They're like, mm-hmm, okay. Like, they're like, ah, the show has begun. Let's see this. Yeah. And I was like, I was all flustered and I was like, what? And I like made up something about how like I move a lot. I don't know what I'm talking about. I've lived in the same <laughs> house for two and a half years. I, it was an outright lie. I was like, what? Maybe because people keep on asking me that question. People keep asking me stupid fucking questions. That's right. No, it's, <laughs> like, it's been, a, there's been a pandemic on. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Why am I single? It's because I haven't left my house. But <laughs> yeah. And like then I, I kind of got annoyed and I asked him the same question. I was like, if you're so wonderful because you're a neurosurgeon, I'm like, you know, why are you single? Uh, I didn't say the first part, obviously, because I'm not an asshole. Um, but he like kind of dodged the question and the girl at the table next to me made eye contact with me and just like very subtly shook her head. She was like, get out of there. <laughs> like, she's like, this is not. And I was like, I'm so glad women are just like out here just like watching out for each other now like pulling on their left ear like it's a signal like, exactly like I don't know this woman I want to be clear I had never seen her before in my life and she was like mm -mm, girl save yourself I like I don't know how I would answer that question I think probably like I'd say like it's because I'm really selective I just yeah. haven't found what I'm looking for yeah I, I just I, I wish every time I've talked to someone about this, they've had like a really good or like very funny answer. And yeah. I just, I froze in the moment. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I can't believe you're at, I, I barely know you from Adam, sir. Like you, we've known each other for 21 minutes. Like, what are you doing? If I'm being perfectly honest, it's like, well, I'm a sex writer and I have like a very extensive collection of Ken dolls that I keep <laughs> in my close to my bedroom and photograph and stuff. But Oh my god, that would you have know. been that, I would pay money to watch you tell someone that, like just to see their reaction. That would be very funny. Well, I have to like sort of come out to people every time I'm like on a date because eventually they'll find out that I write about dating and talk about dating. Does that freak them out? Uh sometimes. Yeah. It, it depends. Like now I kind of play it by ear, but I don't really tell people up front. Because I feel like the first date people will assume they're like, oh, are you using this as like an experiment? I'm like, no, I do have a personal life. <laughs> I'm not doing this for like material. I have enough. <laughs> what an insane like, question. Like, oh, are you just going out like what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I guess it's sort of justified. Okay. Once again, I think like Carrie Bradshaw did a did a did us a disservice here. But uh, fair enough. I guess if all if your your frame of reference is Sex in the City, I guess that's a fair question. Yeah, so I kind of gauge it to see like what what their vibe is. If they, if I can tell that they're going to be kind of reactionary about it, then it might serve ease into it. But act, it's also like a litmus test. Like I want to see like how they react. Some right, people like not give up your job for these people. So like you might as well know no. what how they feel about it, in it as soon as you can. Yeah, I find sometimes. Like they'll once they find out about that, then they'll have sort of certain expectations about like what kind of person I am, like based on, oh, well, you write about sex. Well, you must sleep with everybody. It's like, no, actually. Well, at one point I did, but like not anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> weird expectation. Oh, no. And that you automatically like want to sleep with them too. And that's also like really far from the truth. So, yeah, I, it's interesting. Like, just seeing I sort of have to like gauge their reaction so you had a story you were going to tell me you told me part of this story when we spoke last time so I had been friends with this guy for a long time we had started dating very casually and like very casually um back in like Mm. fall 2019 like we maybe saw each other like once a month like we were not serious by any standard but we kind of did casually the pandemic hit in 2020, obviously that kind of interrupted things for a while. And then come like maybe August, September, 2020, we kind of started to feel comfortable enough to hang out with each other one again. And I kind of just told him, I was like, Hey, like, you know, we've been doing this thing, whatever it is that we're doing. We're doing it for like a Mm -hmm. year now. I think we should know whether or not we actually want to be more serious. Like the, that standard should have been met by now. So what do you think? Like, I was like, I'm, I could be interested in actually being in a relationship and seeing where that goes. And, uh, but what do you, what do you want? And he was like, no, no, I'm not interested in you. Or like, no, his exact words were, I just don't want to be in a relationship with you. And I was like, that was an unnecessary way to <laughs> that. Uh, I've had people say that to me too. It's like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, that made me feel like a placeholder. Like you were just hanging out with me until you found the person you actually wanted to hang out with. Like, and even if true, there were better ways to say that. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I remember like when you told me about this the first time that like you weren't just hanging, like you were going out and doing things outside the house. Is that correct? Yes. Like you were like dating like we were going on dates like having dinner and going to a movie like yeah we weren't just like friends with benefits like we were we were going on dates like that yeah like we weren't you know anyway so like we weren't exclusive we weren't a couple but like we weren't just friends anyway so that so that was like fall 2020 we remain friends you know we had been friends for a long time before that we stayed friends after um kind of even became like somewhat closer friends afterward, which was kind of nice. So like, I, of course, like moved on with like my life. And, you know, I mean, I didn't date a lot during the pandemic, but like, you know, there were other people in my life. And then, so then in March, February, March, I had like kind of started to have feelings for like this other guy that I, I knew from like my boxing gym. And I had 
kind of like developed this like big crush on him and had resolved myself to like tell him and like just ask him out and like see what was kind of mm-hmm. see what was up basically. So the morning I of the day that I had resolved to do this, it was like a Monday, my friend, my former friend texted me and he was like the guy that I had, you know, dated. Yeah, yeah. Texted me in the morning and he was like, Hey, it's been a while. Like, haven't seen you since my birthday. Like, let's hang out or whatever. And I was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was like, Come over tonight and like, you know, let's just like let's have dinner or something. And I was like, um, I kind of have to have like a weird conversation with someone today. I'm not really sure how it's gonna go. Can I follow up with you about tonight later? And he was like, Okay, sure. And I was like, Okay, so go see this friend from boxing. We have a conversation. He's like, yeah, like, I think you're great. I like you as a friend. I'm just like not interested in you. And I was like, okay, cool. Fair enough. Like, and yeah, you're also now much better friends than we used to be. So I texted the the first guy that I had dated and I was like, yeah, like I, like at first I thought about just like staying in that night, but I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? A glass of wine and dinner with a friend would actually do me some good. So I like texted him. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm down for tonight. Um, and he was like, yeah, just come over to my house anytime after seven or whatever it was. I'm sorry. My cat's just growling at me. I don't <laughs> So I, I show up at his house around probably like 730. We have a glass of wine. We order some pizza. We each have an entire pizza to ourselves. We then have a second glass of wine. And I'm being very specific because I want you to understand that everything that happened next happened soberly. So. Okay. He tells me, he like, so he's like, so, you know, you seem kind of down. You told me that you had to have a weird conversation to say, like, what's going on? Like, being a good friend. And yeah. I was like, so I told him what happened with this guy that I had a crush on from the boxing gym. And he didn't say anything sympathetic. He wasn't like, oh, man, that sucks. Or like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, he just kind of was silent for a second. And then he he just was kind of like, yeah, so speaking of, and I was like, I'm sorry, speaking of what? Like, what do you, th- and I was like, immediately, like, alarms are going off, red <laughs> oh, flags no. are waving. I'm like, speaking of what? And he was just like, um, speaking of that, he was like, do you still have feelings for me? And I was like, I just told you I got rejected by someone else today. Like, no, I don't still have feelings for you. Like, what are you talking about? And he was like, yeah, do you, um, he was like, and I was like, why are you asking me this? Mm-hmm. And he, um, <laughs> He goes into, Simone, I'm not kidding. I actually timed him because there was a clock behind him. He goes into like a 20-minute monologue about how not going out with me that fall that I asked him, blah, 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 or whatever, was like a huge mistake and how he thought that we were soulmates and how he's so in love with me and like all this stuff. And I'm just like, I'm just staring at him like, what are you talking about? Literally, this goes on for 20 minutes. I've summarized. He went on for 20 minutes about all of this and how he just made this huge mistake and he regrets it and all this stuff. And I was like, Oh my God. And so finally I kind of interrupt him to be like, first of all, you're an atheist. I don't think you get to believe in soulmates if you don't believe in souls. I think it's just part <laughs> of the bargain. I don't know what to tell you about that. Second of all, technicalities. I yeah, exactly. I'm like technicality, like whatever. Uh, okay. And then I was like, second of all, like I just told you that this guy I really like rejected me like this morning, like, it's been less than eight hours. Like, let a girl sleep on it. Like, what are you, what? And then it was, it was crazy. And so finally I was like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta go. Like, I gotta, I I can't, I cannot do this anymore. And so I like went home and that week was like a super busy week for me because I was preparing for like a conference in Boston for work. And so we 
texted a little bit more than we normally did because I was kind of like I was like sitting there being like what do I do like I used to really like this guy like I don't yeah. feel the same way right now but like should I give him another chance like blah blah, blah. and like I'm kind of like spiraling a little bit so I leave for Boston and I was and before I'd left his house I'd been like can you can I just have some time to process all of this and like I'm not gonna say no like I'm not rejecting you but I just need some time so before I left for Boston, I kind of like texted him from the airport and I was like, hey, like, I know it's been. It's a very mature thing to say, like, it, instead of ghosting someone, just saying, hey, I'm still thinking about this. I haven't forgotten about you. Like, right. Like, I'm not trying to blow you off. I'm not trying to say something. Yeah. Like yeah. Like, I was like, what? Because I, I was like thinking, I was like, how would I want someone to handle this if, like, I, if, if the situation had changed or, like, the situation was reversed and I had done this, how would I want someone to handle this? And I was like, yeah, like, this is a lot to spring on someone. So I was just kind of like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he didn't respond before my flight took off. And I was taking a red eye because I'm an idiot. And uh, so I wake up the next morning in Boston and I turn on my phone. And I get this text message from him. And so I want you to guess what he said. I have no idea what he would say. <laughs> he- but based on your other stories, I'm scared. <laughs> Yeah, no, you should be. He literally texted me because I was like, yeah, like I, 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 I've been thinking about this a lot. And so um, he literally texted me. He was like, I am so sorry. I was just kidding. I didn't mean any of that. And I was like, what do you what? Mean? Like, what do you mean you didn't mean it? And he was like, yeah, I'm really sorry. I know that was really selfish. I was like, no, I know it was really selfish. But what do you mean you didn't mean it? He kind of just kept... All day long. He was just like, no, I'm really sorry. I know it was really selfish. I was like, I know it was selfish. Why did you do it? Like, why did you say mm-hmm. that to me? Why would you tell me that you think we're soulmates? <laughs> like, that's something you don't just joke around for 20 minutes. Right. Like, like adults, I was like, like, yeah, you don't just. It's like a stand-up set of like. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, this is longer than most stand-up sets. Like, what are you yeah. monologuing at me? Like, what do you mean this was a joke? And so I was like, I don't understand what. And so he kept like, he just kind of like wouldn't. And I kept asking. I was like, why? And he kind of just couldn't give me an answer. And I was like, okay, I'm going to tell you how it looks from where I'm sitting. Because from where I'm sitting, it looks like you saw a girl who was hurting and vulnerable and you tried to mm-hmm. trip her into bed with some story about how you thought that we were soulmates and you're in love with me. The irony is like you guys were already like he probably wouldn't have had to trick you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The irony also is that on top of all of this. He was moving mm. to New York, like in a couple of weeks, like at this point. And I was like, you just wanted to have someone to fuck until you moved to New York. That's what you were doing. And he uh, never responded ever. Like just never responded oh. again. And I was like, oh, wait, no, that's not true. He never responded to that accusation, which I was like, okay. And then a couple of days later uh, or like a couple of weeks later, he texted me. He was like, so how was Boston? And I was like, I, you're kidding. What? Yeah, and I I literally took a screenshot and I sent it to him and I was like, do you want to explain what just happened? Do you want like I'm still on this. Um and then he moved to New York and uh no one I know ever heard from him ever again. Like it's been <laughs> it's been months. He hasn't talked to any of us ever again. Um and yeah, I was like this is astounding. Like I can't believe 
that you did this to someone that you're like, we're like, we've been friends for like four or five years. I was like, why would you do this? But he apparently like a bunch of our friends were like, oh yeah, he burned every single bridge on his way out of LA. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Wow. I feel like, like I read somewhere that, isn't it like men, their biggest fear is like being embarrassed or being laughed at and women's biggest fear is being murdered. Yeah. Maybe he felt like he was being laughed at and he was like, oh my God, oh my God. And like, just like burned every bridge. And he's like, I have to move across the country. Like, I mean, he was already planning to move across the country. Yeah. But like, yeah, maybe. And I told a couple other people about this and all of them were like, no, I think he actually is in love with you and just thought you were going to reject him. And so he just rejected you first. And I was like, that's so stupid. Like, <laughs> what a stupid way to handle that. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, I don't, I, I don't agree with that assessment. I, I really think he was just... Really? I actually think he probably, I don't know, my read, I'm more like on your friend with your friends there. And he was just like, had feelings and was like too emotionally immature to actually handle them in an appropriate way. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. It's, that's the more flattering and like kinder to him version. And I'm like, no, I think he was trying to trick me like i i'm just like i i, I think because like i feel so betrayed by it that i can't be yeah. level-headed about it that i'm like we were yeah. friends for so long and for you to be like we're soulmates never mind jk is like what <laughs> like what an end to a friendship yeah like after i was out of my like sort of super serious relationship in my early 30s i started dating this person that i'd actually met like 10 years before and I had like in my early 20s had like thought I was in love with and we had this sort of hot and heavy like soulmate type reconnection oh. and it was like I know at the time like I was just fully into it and I was still in Toronto at the time and then I decided to come back to the west coast I was like you know what like I've just recent like just broke up with someone even though like it was the right thing to do, like I'm glad I left. Like, mm-hmm. um, I still need time to process that right. and heal. So I'm gonna just go to the West Coast and stay with my parents for a month and spend Christmas there. And he's like, "Yeah, that sounds like a really good idea." Like, yeah, that's a very also a very mature decision, I think. Yeah, because I just needed that like grounding time. I was like, you know, I want to like see a counselor, get some health stuff taken care of, and then you know come back to Toronto. Yeah. And, you know, he like drove me to the airport in on the West Coast. I was, you know, we were talking all the time and things seemed fine. Like it was just sort of this temporary long distance thing. And then I decided to stay like an extra three weeks. So into January and the last 10 days were I'm starting to notice that he wasn't responding as much and like when I tried to schedule a time to talk like it was just kind of we just like weren't connecting and I'm like oh I wonder what's going on there but then he called me like out of the blue one night and was like um I need to tell you that um I've been sleeping with someone else Hmm. and for the past three weeks and I'm like but like I was devastated because he, you know, said he loved me, that I was like, we so were like, soulmates. Exclusive, or at least you were under the impression that you guys were exclusive. 
Yeah, because like we were, you know, it, it now seems like so ridiculous because we were we were talking about like actually like being together, like right, like forever, ever. And because we'd had a like relationship before, like in our twenties, and like this was like the reconnection. So I was like naturally devastated. I was like, well, why, like, uh, uh, why, like, if you say you love me, why are you doing that? And he's like, well, I just couldn't wait another three weeks. And I'm like, and come to BC? What? Like what? <laughs> I was just so confused. And then he's like, I have to go. I'm sorry. It's over. So. He hangs up. I'm like, I feel like someone's just like picked out my heart with like a fork. And I'm like, what? And then I'm like, wait, this is like super confusing. So I try calling him back. He won't answer the phone. I go on Facebook. He's already blocked me. What? I go. Yeah. I'm like, what? Like he's blocked me on, you know, any social media. Like within two minutes of this call, or maybe he did it while he was on the call with me. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, about three weeks later, I get this like note, like a letter in the mail, or no, it's not a letter, it's a parcel. What in the mail? Okay, I'm very concerned because <laughs> I had asked him, I was like, Can you please give my jewelry back? Because I left a necklace with him. Oh, yeah, that's fair. And yeah, so he sent the necklace back. But he also sent a box with like a couple mixed CDs that he'd made me. Since ending it with you. Yes. Okay. But the note, I should probably say like, okay, so first of all, the note, I opened it up and said, I just want to let you know I wasn't sleeping with someone else. What? I just told you that because I didn't know how else to end it. And I knew that that was the only way that you'd end it with me. Because. You didn't end up ending it with him. He still ended it. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. I think I would have. I would have been like, dude, I want, I don't want to be with you. He's like, I just made it up. So, because I didn't know how else to tell you that I think you don't, you don't love yourself enough for me to be with you. what i I was like so offended on your behalf what i know it's insane and it was just like oh my god it made me so i've i don't know if i've ever been so angry to have some guy who has done the most like convoluted but also like purposely hurtful yeah way to hurt someone that you supposedly care about because I'd spent like the past three weeks imagining like him with this other person, and right. it's her- it's horrific. Like it's horrible yeah. to imagine that. So like mean and torturous. Like in a yeah. What? And then to just be like, I didn't know how to tell you that I just don't think you love yourself enough. Well, you sure so- found words, buddy. Like <laughs> <laughs> so it's this weird note, and then he's like, I made you these CDs so you could listen to them. And be reminded of us. What? And Like, I'm the best thing that ever happened to you. Okay. Yeah. So, it was, I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, <laughs> obviously, I got my called my best friend. She came over. She's like, I, I was like, I don't want these anywhere near my house. So, we drove them down to the ocean. Threw them in the ocean. <laughs> 
<laughs> littering, but okay. <laughs> I know. It's a, I know. Not exactly environmentally friendly. Um, probably now I'd just like drive them down to like a dumpster or something, but she she's like has a really she used to play like softball and she just like chucked them like a frisbee out it was like beautiful like watching yeah watching the cd like glitter in the like falling in the ocean there you go perfect yeah um and then you know tore up the letter and like because i had no way of getting hold of him this is the thing there was no return address there was i couldn't he'd blocked my number he'd blocked me on social media that's the other crazy thing. It's like, that's so diabolical. Cause then like the other person just left with this like piece like, of communication. Like a, what a need to have the last word. Like that's insane. So <laughs> because I'm a Virgo and like stubborn and Perfect. super determined and have watched a lot of like Veronica Mars episodes. I was like, how can I find his address? Cause I'm going to reply and so I started like Googling and I knew his mom's name and I knew that she had like fairly prominent position in the community. So I Googled her. Mm-hmm. So I actually did end up finding his home address because he also like lived with his mother, which is fine. I live with my mom right now. Um, it's not that weird. I, I feel like it, when I was in my 20s, I was like, oh, my God, they live with their parents. And I'm like, I get it. Like, the economy's been bad for yeah. our entire adulthoods. I get it. Like, Yeah. So, like, that actually, I don't care. I did find his address, and I found it on Google Earth, and I found his car, like, parked in the driveway. So I did send him a reply. And the only thing I ever heard from him, because he'd given me this, like, cheap, like, point-and-shoot digital camera. This was, like, back in the day, like, when we use digital cameras and not like the cameras on our phones because the cameras on our phones were like super grainy and stuff it was about two months later i was in toronto when i finally like sent this letter and i guess it had arrived because i just get this random text and it's like no hi no hello just it said give back my camera and i'm like where buddy like how? <laughs> how am i supposed to get a hold of you like am i supposed to send another like carrier pigeon or something like to your mom's like, house a dog, like, like a fire like a firehouse dog like the smell of your letter and like see if he can find you like what <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so yeah i just like wrote back i was like i'm sorry like who is this? i don't know who this is <laughs> cuz I, I didn't i was like i assumed it was him because i didn't own any other people's cameras at the time but like i just yeah like what the fuck i'm still like go over that in my head i'm like you thought that was the best way to do things i know like i like do you not have any friends that you consulted before making this move because like that's the funny thing is like i i think about this a lot like i'm like what version of this story does any of these men that i've ever dated like what version of the story are they telling because like do, do men not ask each other advice for dating? Like, are they not like, hey, how do I end it with this girl? Like, do I, yeah. should I send her a letter of mixed CDs? Like, or should I just call her like a normal person? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, gonna- no, you must like load them onto a St. Bernard, then let it traverse the country. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in skywriting. That's normal, right? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like written in the clouds (laughs) that's the only the only thing i've heard that's worse than that is like someone who got broken up with by fax stop 
that's a, of course it's real though like of course that happened like the the early days of texting i guess oh my god that's really funny can you imagine though if it was one of those like dot printers where it'd be like like zzz, zzz, like i zzz, zzz, don't zzz, zzz, want zzz, to be <laughs> oh my gosh yeah and it's like you're sitting there being like i don't want to be what like it's just like waiting for the rest of the <laughs> nightmare <laughs> Oh man, yeah. that's that's <laughs> astonishing. Yeah. Yeah, I had I I don't think I've ever had an ex do something like that before. Though I did have someone I dated in high school just like randomly knock on my door one day and hand me a copy, like a DVD copy of Pirates of the Caribbean and then turn around and leave again and I was like, <laughs> I don't understand what just happened. I already own this movie. <laughs> that's why it's one of my favorites. I, I did I was like I don't get what just happened. And then he, like, got mad that I, like, didn't appreciate the gift. I was like, I don't, you didn't even wrap it. Like, the sticker, the price is still on it. I already own this movie. <laughs> so I was what? very confused. I feel, like, that's what it reminded me of. It was, like, it reminded me of, like, teenage boy behavior, where there's, like, no rationale behind why it's happening. Like, oh. I remember in, like, grade seven, this kid in my class, like, just, I didn't see him actually pull down his pants, but apparently he did. He just, like pulled down his pants, stuck a pair of scissors down there, cut off a bunch of pubes, and then just scattered them across this girl's desk. No reason. So yeah, this was like, I think the relationship I'm... version of like scattered pubes. That's vile. <laughs> Where did they come up with these ideas? Like, like, it, like people make fun of women for having these like ideas of what relationships are supposed to be like from rom-coms, but like, at least we're not doing that. Like, at least, oh my god! <laughs> I know. I I just have no words. Like I've been perplexed ever since that happened when I was like twelve. I've been questioning male like behavior. Why are men doing yeah. things? Where are they yeah. getting their? Where are they getting their ideas? Who's telling them these are good? Yeah, and like if they do have friends who are like that, they could go to, and they're asking advice. Are the friends all equally as clueless? They must because, be because yeah, I, I, I don't know. I read once that like men don't have, like it's like common for men, especially like I think you know our, our parents' generation to not have community the same way women do, and like not ask yeah. each other for advice the same way. And actually, there's a whole Friends episode about that where like R Ross and Rachel are dating, and Rachel's like, "You don't even talk about these things with your best friend," and they're like, "No, never." And I'm like. And she's like, that is so sad. And I'm like, I just think I hear Jennifer Aniston in my head being like, that is so sad. Yeah. Like every time I think about it, because I'm like, yeah, you guys could save yourselves like a lot of like pain and uh, struggles if you just like had a, a buddy that you turned to and were like, so should I cut off some pubes and scatter them on this girl's desk? And like, <laughs> like just do you think that's a good idea? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Like or like pass a note being like, should I scatter my pubes? in a public space check yes mm -hmm. or no mm -hmm. yeah i don't understand i don't i i have a lot of you should find this person and interview him because i have a lot of questions for how he got yeah. to that point in his life i actually he is a very like nice well-adjusted man now who is married and has a child okay i wonder how he met his wife uh, in i think a pretty normal way like i think they met on an app I'd like to go back and interview some of those guys from elementary school because I feel like their behavior still 
whether I like it or not. Yeah, it still kind of haunts me. Like around this time last year, I was talking to my therapist and there was like someone new that I was interested in. And um, I was having all these sort of like anxious feelings about like, oh, like what if they reject me? And like stuff that I thought I'd kind of move past. Mm-hmm. And she's like, where where do you think this stems from? And the first thing I thought was like this thing that happened in like grade four where where all the boys in our class like lined up all the girls against like a wall and oh, went down the wall and said, hot, not disgusting lump of coal oh my god disgusting hot so so meh <laughs> and did any girl get to be called hot at all or was it just every just telling every girl in class she's ugly oh no the ones who got to be hot were like the blonde ones of oh course. of course sure so one of the people who was considered hot was like is like my best friend and i don't think she's had it easier necessarily yeah fair enough I don't know. It was just like when they got to me, it was like I wasn't hot or not. I was like, meh. (laughs) So my therapist was like, okay, well, we're going to get over this. Mm -hmm. I want you to find pictures of these boys on Facebook who are now men. We're going to print them out. We're going to recreate the lineup in the office. And you're going to go through and reject all of them and take the power back. Hmm. So – yeah, like she I went on Facebook and I'm like looking at some of these pictures. Some of the some of the guys like I'm still pretty much all of them I'm still friends with on Facebook. A couple of them I'm you know really good acquaintances with because they're still really good friends with my best friend. So we see each other like at social gatherings and like they've turned out to be, you know, like upstanding citizens. They grew up to be decent people it sounds like. That's good. Yeah, yeah, like they're not like sex predators or anything. Yeah, it was so interesting because I was like looking at the pictures. I'm, I'm like, these are just middle-aged men. <laughs> like a lot of them are losing hair. A lot of them are like, not their physical appearance. Like I don't think it's cool to make fun of people for their physical appearance. Right. But they're just like totally ordinary middle-aged men. Right. And- it's not like they were like the dreamboats of their generation or something. Like, who were they? No. To go around passing judgment. <laughs> no. And I, I was like, oh, well, like if I met them, even the the ones I think that are nice, like I don't think I'd want to. I wouldn't want to date them anyways. Like, it's just, yeah. It was just kind of. It was so eye opening. And then, so we did the lineup in her office. I rejected all of them, and then she shredded them all. In her paper shredder. Nice. Did that yeah. make you feel better? Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, and I think there's something about, like, actually taking action that makes your brain process, like, learn stuff yeah. differently. Um, even if that's not a primary, like, way that you learn, so to speak, um, I think it still helps a lot of people. So I do a lot of, like, emotional freedom technique, tapping. Like tap, you tap on emotional pressure points while like you basically acknowledge the thing that's wrong. Like there's like videos you watch and the person does it with you. But like, I have a fear of rejection. I don't know where it comes from, but it makes me feel sad. And then you replace it while tapping on the points, you replace it with a new narrative. 
and it's supposed to sort of like recode help recode um nerve connections yeah and stuff so interesting because i i once mm -hmm. i'll never forget i went to this like one yoga session i used to love going to yoga i went like five times a week i do not anymore um (laughs) but i went to this one where the teacher was like talking about the ways that your body holds on to trauma that like that trauma you know trauma gets literally stored in your dna i think scientists have kind of figured that out in the last like 10 or 20 years but also like in your muscles and like in the fat that you store and like you know, she was talking about that and she was talking about how like sometimes you get into these poses in yoga that like, what did she say? She was like, whatever is coming up in your mind as you're moving through like these flows, like there's a reason that your body keeps reminding you of this and like you need to, you know, address it or deal with it or like, you know, whatever it was. And um, I just remember I was like doing this like really deep lunge in that class and I started like bawling just like out of nowhere. I was like, I don't even understand why I'm crying. And like, I think part of it was also like the power of suggestion. Like she'd just been talking about it, but also part mm-hmm. of it was I was like, yeah, I do feel more vulnerable in this position for like, you know, because of like sexual violence in my past and like blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah. yeah. And I just think that like there's a lot of like talk therapy is great and I, it, it's helped me a ton, but I think that there's, there's a, a limit to what you can do without including your physical body, you know? Um, oh yeah. Tapping is interesting. I, I want to try that. Yeah. There's like a bunch of free videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I can send you a link to like the ones that I, the lady that I follow, but there's yeah. like, it's like therapy. Like if you open up, you're like, Ooh, I do not connect with that person. Like there's, there's a bunch of practitioners who have a lot of free stuff on YouTube. So yeah, send that to me. That's yeah. cool. Now it's time for my favorite part of the show, a uh, rapid fire game of fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> um, problematic dude edition. Oh no. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. Fuck, Mary kill green toilet paper guy. Oh God. We're soulmates. Just kidding guy or box i'm gonna send you a box of mixed cds and why oh god this is a tough one clarifying question or i mean i know what what the the guy that told me we were soulmates looks like are these two guys are you two guys hot at all like is there any i think you'd probably prefer mixed cd guy okay 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 Fuck yeah. me, kill these three idiots. I feel like neither of them are ugly, though. They're they're okay. both like, yeah. I feel like, as insane as this is going to sound, I I keep a very clean house and I enjoy cleaning. I think of the three of them, I could marry green toilet paper guy only because I would be obsessively cleaning that house anyway. So he couldn't possibly make it a pigsty again. There's just there's simply no way. So maybe I could tolerate that. Marry him. You know what? Crazy people are good in bed. Fuck the the guy with the CDs and kill my friend who was like, we're soulmates, JK. I don't know enough about we're soulmates, just kidding, mm-hmm. to marry. That's fair. But I kind of like the idea of marrying the dirty house, even though it's gross. Because when I walked into his house, I said, this place could use a woman's touch <laughs> and he said well there's a broom in the closet <laughs> so at least he'd let me have full control i don't think yeah. he'd have like any opinion 
whatsoever on what the house looked like. Mm-hmm. So I could like at least start from ground zero. Yeah, like we're moving into a new place and I'm cleaning. Like, yeah. Or we're hiring someone. Like I would probably oh this is tough mm-hmm. i would i want to say fuck the cd guy but i also kind of want to kill him <laughs> i don't i don't believe you yeah that, that i think i would kill him because honestly <laughs> the female population does not deserve to have the risk of being exposed to that level of lunacy <laughs> that's so, fair that's fair i would probably fuck the soulmate guy because it'd be one time and like whatever right i don't know he's enough about him to care contact you and say your soulmate's jk but you never know he could no but at least no, you know a- what's coming no because he's in love with you not me <laughs> god <laughs> well valerie uh this is the perfect time to wrap up where would you like to be found on the internet? Like, where can people connect with you? Yeah, uh, I'm still on Twitter. We'll see for how much longer. What with uh, <laughs> Elon Musk. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok as the Valerie Clark. Uh, Valerie is spelled with an O. And I have a podcast, Unruly Figures. It's a celebration of history's greatest uh, rule breakers and revolutionaries. You should check it out. It's on Substack and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. As always, it's so much fun talking to you. Thank you. This was so fun. I love this. Uh, (laughs) Despite the name of this podcast, I could totally do this again. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I was going to say, like, I would love to do this again. Yeah. I'm Simone Paget, and thank you for tuning in to We're Never Doing This Again. You can find me online at Simone underscore Paget on both Twitter and Instagram and follow the show at Never Again Pod on all platforms. Don't forget to subscribe and support the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.